What's cracking, everybody? I'm AC Ridenour, and this is the Nomad Theory. Welcome to the New Earth! Philo Lila, Pittsburgh Spirit Warrior and author of Unlocking Your Superpowers, is on an upswing and back with a brand new interactive guidebook called The New Earth Is Here. The magical being themselves sat down with me at Panera Bread Meeting Room and we jumped into what it means to unlock your superpowers. Beyond these books, uh, Philo and I talked about how they cultivated a nomadic mindset since graduating high school. And as part of this process, in 2010, Philo biked as in two wheels and two pedals across the entire United States of America with a small group of people called the Cultural Recyclists. And these people were researching a sustainable living processes and practices by visiting eco-villages and communities that demonstrated permaculture, which basically means they were living in a way that brings humans back to the web of life. So... Within miles of finishing this six-month bicycle trek, Philo Philo got into a devastating car-to-bike accident that, based on the story, can only be described as a near-death experience. And Philo was generous enough to share his personal details about this experience and how it changed them. Philo's first book, Unlocking Your Superpowers, was the culmination of roughly eight years traveling and studying with teachers across the country at various festivals and communities and conferences and events. So it's a collection of tools and practices and stories that they gathered during this period of time. I really enjoyed it. It's one of the more creative, self-published things I've ever seen. Uh, goes it's all cohesive with uh, teampachamama.net that philo runs you can actually check out the book itself on there but it's also available on amazon as well as the new earth is here which is philo's second book kind of a, a sequel kind of not but in a lot of ways more so is a sequel to unlocking your superpowers it's set up in the same format as a real life interactive game where you can connect with other people locally or globally based on this uh, by being part of Team Pachamama. So, yeah, thank you very much, Philo, for sitting down with me. And thank you to all you for listening to The Nomad Theory. I'm AC Ridenour. Stay wild, folks. Alrighty. What's crack? Well, it's Friday the 13th, so... I presume there's some sort of magic or bad things are going to happen to us. Like, <laughs> I could remember one time in, like, fourth grade or something, like, I spilled a bunch of ranch dressing all over myself on Friday the 13th, and I was convinced that it was, like, stuck with me, and I, I, I kept that for a lot of my life, that it was a day of bad luck. But I feel like... Probably, if you look up the history, there's some weird event or something or other that happened on Friday the 13th that caused it to be this, like, mysterious day. 
generally speaking, the mainstream strange dream, as I call it, is like what we've been taught from CNN and mainstream society um, that the world is a certain way and that we're meant to follow a certain path um, in life. We're supposed to go to college and then get a regular job and work nine to five and fit into this matrix and not rock the boat too much, you know. Um, but I don't really agree with that philosophy very much. It sounds like a like a thought system or a belief system that you're putting sort of like a, a funnel through the way you're thinking. The first page I flipped to in your book, Unlocking Our Superpowers, and it says everything is BS, as in belief systems. So one of the questions I like to start off with on the show is whether my guests have created a mantra or practical principle that they follow. Have you had one since high school that has helped you make decisions? Well, um, I think it was my senior year of high school I came across a, a YouTube video that was called Question Everything. And I feel like that mantra has really stuck with me um, to, to really dive deeper underneath the surface of, you know, whatever, whatever information I'm reading or seeing on TV or online. And so I would say that that has really been a mantra that stuck with me. I mean, I graduated high school in 2009, so it's been almost 10 years, and that has really stuck with me, question everything. You know, even, even if it seems true, it's good to experiment with it and try it out in the real world and see what happens. Um, so, you know, Regarding everything is BS, belief system, um, it's like questioning those deep core beliefs and really digging in, like, what do I believe about reality? And um, another thing that I believe about reality is that it's important to be playful and to have multiple forms of expression. And so throughout this interview, I will certainly um, explore some of these different uh, realms of personality that live inside of me because I'm a, a multi-dimensional creature and I have a lot more fun when I allow myself to be multi-dimensional and so, yes. I wonder if it would be really weird if I did the same thing and it was hard to tell who was who, or if I should just keep my original voice. Because I also enjoy doing that from time to time. But I don't do it always. I'll stick, I'll switch on and off. And <laughs> Phila Lila will engage upon the realms of multidimensional human being. See if you can keep up, folks. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> 
my cheeks are already starting to hurt from smiling, which is a good sign. All right, then. Well, I want to take it back real quick. It's something we kind of glazed over that was really important, I feel, which was the ranch dressing. <laughs> is that... Is that, is that That sounded like it was something really important to you in your life, and uh, it could have been a pivotal moment in my life. (laughs) So, when you first had the ranch dressing spill on you on Friday the thirteenth, was it an omen in your head? How did you feel? I think that I was honestly a pretty superstitious kid. Like I. For whatever reason, well, I'm pretty sure I know because I watched an exorbitant, to use an SAT vocabulary word, I watched an exorbitant amount of television and that implanted a whole lot of worst case scenarios into my mind every single day. I probably watched six to eight six to ten hours of television every single day from like I don't know it it varied on and off but from like fourth to tenth grade and so I would just watch like you know CSI investigative unit and like all these weird shows and they just like put all these like horrendous scenarios into my mind And so, as a kid, I was, like, very much thinking that, like, monsters and robbers and all kinds of people were after me and stuff. And I also just, like, believed that the universe hated me and, like, wanted, was, like, out to get me, basically. So, when I spilled the ranch dressing on myself, I was like oh, well, obviously this bad thing happened because it's Friday the 13th and everyone knows that bad stuff happens on this Mm -hmm. scary day. So, yeah, that was a pivotal... (laughs) Quite the pivotal day, let me tell you. Uh, Do you consider those type of omens or like some some, uh, synchronicity or a flow-like stepping stone where it seems like there's a button you have to push and there's some sort of order underlying behind the apparent reality that if you push this button and do it, you'll follow your path and start on closer towards your destiny or are all those seemingly important occurrences just totally random and don't actually mean anything? That's kind of... Well, it depends on how you believe reality works, you know, your your fundamental perspective on, like, Einstein once said, you can either believe that everything is a miracle, or you can believe that miracles don't exist, something like that. And so it's like this choice you have to believe, like, is the universe a friendly place that is ultimately wanting to help you? Or is it like this chaotic mumbo-jumbo where we're just, like, floating throughout a space? 
So I like to believe that the universe is a friendly place. I think it's a lot more fun to believe that the universe is a friendly place. Even if it's not a friendly place, if you just have that belief, it seems to be more of a fun experience. So, yeah, I believe that there are these omens that are guiding us, you know, if we read into them. But you could just write them off. But I do think it's quite fascinating when, like, someone who really claims to not believe in, like, magic and other things, some shit happens to them, and they're like, holy shit, (laughs) like, I gotta start believing in something, you know? And that actually happened to me. Like, I was pretty much an atheist for most of my life. and Up until college or even past college? Well, it kind of fluctuated. It was like from from like junior year of high school, I started slowly believing in more like Buddhism and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until like, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago that I was really like rock solid belief that like there's something magical about this reality that wants to help me out. But... Yeah, I had a few different experiences that showed me... Because, like, throughout my whole life... Well, mostly in my late teenage years, I've had a heck of a lot of different chronic pain in my body. And that, because I was suffering so much through that, it made me think, like, well, if I'm suffering so much then why the fuck would any, like, God or, like, higher power, like, make me want to suffer? Like, this sucks. So that kind of, like, reinforced my lack of belief in a higher intelligence. But through the process, I've seen that it's it's been kind of like a blessing and a curse in a way. Like, it's forced me to have this path of spending a lot of time by myself and really just caused me to have this deep passion for learning about healing modalities and learning about how the universe seems to work and that's ultimately how I wrote this book Unlocking Our Superpowers because I experienced so many breakthroughs and so many profound experiences I was like man I gotta like understand all all this so that I can share it with other people and articulate it to others Um, so yeah I think that answers your question ask me some more weird questions I I really like the the weird questions like the ranch dressing that was a good one yeah we got philosophical here we might as well get down on it get down on the philosophy yeah anyways why don't you talk to me like a like a sushi nori? Uh, I can't do that. But yeah. I don't want to be totally offensive to the other people. But at the end of the day, it's their fault if they're gonna be offended, man. You know I'm just kidding around. <laughs> My name is literalmente Chuck the Magic Nomad. Do you really think I give a shit? 
Anyways, we're not here to offend people. We're just here to express our multi-dimensional nature. You know, with an untethered mindset, one right. that doesn't have to be totally involved to the point where you're going to die with that thought in your brain, but you're able to walk around and think about it more in a different light from a different perspective. We all look at the same glass of water. <laughs> yes, half full, half empty, of course. But if you look at it from one side, you see a totally different glass of water. We would like to make a round table of water viewing perspective discussion. And that's why I brought Phil Lila on the show today. Yes, I just have one thought to share. I wonder if there's right now two guys sitting in China having a conversation and they're, they're, they're laughing because they're both doing their American <laughs> accent. And they're like, what do you think about that? What do you think, boy? All right, man. We're going up to Cowdy County. We're going to get yourself some pie. Why don't you flip to another random page in yeah, the book a great and see plan. what happens? All right. So, uh, along the lines of writing that book, like what you were talking about, I just flipped to a page called Yelling and Moaning. And without reading into it entirely, I see that as articulation of some kind. So, when you're articulating what are you articulating is it thoughts or feelings or and how do you source it back like what is the pathway from your writing back to where it came from how do you explain that well um i would say that i do my best to articulate if you add an h to articulate I do my best to articulate the feelings that are in my heart and in the heart of other people. And a lot of times when I read books from authors that I like, I'm like, oh my God, thank you for art- for articulating what I felt for so long but couldn't quite put into words. And so that's what I attempt to do in my writing Specifically with yelling and moaning, that chapter is about how throughout our life we often bottle up certain emotions and feelings and we don't express them. And then they they actually like cause almost like calcification within our body. There's a quote that says the issues are in the tissues. And so these these like stored up emotions usually anger and frustration get stored in our muscle tissue and I'm going to switch accents here uh, <laughs> this is some pure articulation yes yeah, so the mus- the muscle tissue stores these bottled up emotions and it actually causes like dysfunction within our bodies until we release that energy that wants to come out. And so literally for the past three or so years, well, probably like four years, I've been doing what I call anger release sessions um, where I go in my car or sometimes I go into the woods And I literally just yell at the top of my lungs for sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes literally like 
two hours. And I honestly just did it last night. I have a spot down at the waterfront <laughs> that I go to. I feel to. like you gotta be careful or else something's gonna be calling the cops on you. Well, the cops actually came last night, <laughs> in all honesty. Um, they've come several times, but uh, no one called the cops because I was yelling. They just came because they saw my car in an empty parking lot next to I go right next to where the train goes by so it's already like pretty loud a lot of the time and I just yell at the top of my lungs and I I process these old these stuck emotions within me and it's like when after I do this I feel such incredible relief it's like this freaking shard of glass that's been like lodged in my body for my whole life and I'm so used to it that I just have accepted it. But once you pull it out, you're like, holy shit, like that feels so much better. And I, I kid you not, I've probably logged like around four to 500 hours of doing this practice. And I'm just a regular person, you know, like I've really believed that so many people have all this repressed energy within them and they don't know what to do with it. They don't have an outlet for it. So they turn to drugs, they turn to numbing themselves, all these things. But it's like, this is what really wants to come out. And like, when you do it, you'll see why. Like, it feels so good. So I really wanna create like soundproof rooms that people can go in and like hit punching bags and smash it. Like, I'm seeing that you wrote down that our societal program gives us pacifiers when we're young to keep us quiet. And then when we become adults, that same pacifier is like in our system. And that's a, I get, that's a great analogy for it. So, how about a joke? Do you have a joke for me? I'm a joke collector. While I eat a potato, I want to hear a joke. And yes, I'm allowed to eat potatoes while while I'm getting interviewed. Fuck you, system, who says I shouldn't eat a potato while I'm eating, while I'm getting interviewed. What do you call a fish with no eyes? Um, sushi? Fish with no eyes. Nice one. What do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. <laughs> All right. <sighs> I feel like moaning right now. Maybe I should do another session here on here on record. Yeah. Go for it. One of the cool things I read about in your book slash blog and was something I think I would want to do or a lot of other young people who are in high school and going to graduate but they don't know if they want to go to college yet or if they do, they don't want to pay for it as much as they are going to have to pay for it. So another option could be something like what you did biking across the country. How did you end up doing that? The bike trip across America... We uh, we started back in June seventh of two thousand ten, and yeah, we spent a good 
two months or so kind of training for it and going on practice runs, getting our bikes ready, and we used Tidy Cat kitty litter buckets to carry our gear and we strapped them to the back of Those our... things are sturdy. Yeah. And probably watertight or close to it. Exactly. Yeah. And um, before I tell the whole story, the kitty litter bucket actually saved my life. Um, because 99% of the way through the bike trip, um, I was cruising down the 101 highway, just chugging along almost to San Francisco, which was our destination. So we made it all the way across the country, most of the way down the coastline, regular, regular morning, just cruising on the highway, and out of nowhere, got whacked by a car going 55 miles an hour. No. So like the last day? Uh, it was probably like a good week and a half before we would have reached there. Um, yeah, so basically the car hit my back left kitty litter bucket and it totally exploded and it took the brunt of the impact. I flew off to the right and my bike went flying about 50 feet ahead of me. Um, and... My helmet also helped save my life. It cracked, and I hit the pavement, and I was completely convinced that I was dead. Like, it just happened in the blink of an eye, and I knew, I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming, but this is the end of my life. And everything slowed down and was in basically slow motion and um, I just closed my eyes and I, f I pretty much melted into white light for a minute of earth time. And it was the most like peaceful thing I could imagine. And I was just like, wow, this is the end of my life. And um, <sighs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty profound. Um, but sure enough, after about a minute or so, I opened my eyes and everything was still in slow motion. And I saw my friend Charlie like running over to me like, Ooh. and um, he was in like total shock. And, um, you know, there was yellow kitty litter bucket pieces everywhere. And I was like, man, this is it, Charlie. Like, um, tell everyone I love them. And uh, <laughs> this is literally what I said. I said, um, I said, put all my money into buying people Eckhart Tolle books. <laughs> that was like the thought that came to me because I was obsessed with uh, the power of now and a new earth. Um, and then the woman who hit me came running over and she was freaking out and I was just pretty much in a total state of peace so I was like it's okay like I'm gonna be fine <laughs> you know I looked down at my toes and I could still wiggle them 
So I was like, holy shit, maybe I'm not going to die. And, uh, you know, my other friends came running over and I just asked them to send me good energy. I was like, don't freak out. Just like send me good energy. And sure enough, like the ambulance came, they took me to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, I was like, I don't want you guys to do anything to me until you let me meditate for 30 minutes because I was convinced I could like heal myself. Um, and they like cut open my pants to see and like pretty much all the, all the things I had was like cut up knees, like my knees were pretty cut up. And uh, eventually I let them sew up my knee and uh, it was a total miracle that I, I escaped with no broken bones. And, um, yeah, that was my near-death experience. Um, yeah, right after we tell all the high school graduates to go bike across the country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of skipped to the, to the, yeah, juicy part there. But, but like... Since it's rare to have to be talking to somebody who has had a very real near-death experience, do you have any memory of that peaceful place where you were? Or like a comprehensive, comprehensible, comprehensible, if there was any? Yeah, um, I can... I can basically access a similar space when I get into deep meditation I pretty much meditate only laying down. I mean, when I do like guided meditations and that sort of thing, because um, that's just how I like to do it. But uh, it's yeah, it's pretty much what they call samadhi in in yoga. A lot of time, it's just like completely melting into oneness and like. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, but it wasn't like I was like seeing visions of angels necessarily or anything like that. It was just like pure white light. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. I highly recommend <laughs> highly recommend dying. No, just kidding. Um, but yeah, you can reach a similar state through me through deep meditation. So I definitely recommend deep meditation. I really recommend guided meditations on a YouTube channel called Ask Angels. Those have been really very helpful for me to access similar states. Um, but to briefly... To briefly share before I wrap, we wrap this up, I think that biking across the country or doing any kind of bike trip is very doable and fun. You can check out a, a group called Adventure Cycling. They've got maps of bicycle routes all over the country that you can like follow their routes. So that's really cool. And you're, are you tenting or camping out? We camped out most of the time. We sometimes would meet people and stay in their living room, and that was cool. And But for the most part, we were staying in tents. And you recommend doing it with a group? 
yes. always the same idea. Yeah, there's plenty of t- people who do it solo, which is pretty brave, but it's more fun with a group, I think, at least having one. We met plenty of duo crews, but we had five people, and then a few more people would join here and there throughout the trip. Um, and it was it was great experience. Like, every day was like a big magical mystery tour so I hope that you spill some ranch dressing on yourself today Friday the 13th I think I might do that I think I might go home and get a big bucket of ranch and pour it all over my head <laughs> thank you um, and yeah for anyone listening that wants to check out more stuff if you go to philolila.com that's my my main website uh, spelled P-H-I-L-O-L-I-L-A and then I've also got a Bandcamp page where you can listen to my music uh, if you search Philolila on Bandcamp and then lastly we've got TeamPachamama.net which has pretty much the whole Unlocking Our Superpowers book chapter by chapter um, and then you can also order it on Amazon if you want which is pretty fun. So, it's a very magical Bible of superpowers, highly recommended from all all around. So, scoobly doo. Stay wild, folks. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much for listening to Nomad Theory. Thank you, Juanitos, for their song, Cool Reggae Party. I look forward to doing more interviews in the future. As well as unlocking my own superpowers. That's about it for now. Stay wild, folks. I'm AC Ride now. Stay wild, folks.
And that's a wrap. Thank you very much for listening to the Nomad Theory. Thank you, Juanitos, for their song, Cool Reggae Party. I look forward to doing more interviews in the future. As well as unlocking my own superpowers. That's about it for now. Stay wild, folks. I'm AC Rodnow. Stay wild, folks.